Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Jared Shaffet. Along with Artemis Brower. We're back this week with episode 18, y'all. So glad to be back in the studio. Absolutely. Uh, cooking up one of these new episodes for y'all. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we love to do, and uh, yeah, I think I think this is going to be a fun episode. We had a great interview with a friend of the, a new friend of the podcast, Haley Alden. Yep. Already uh, looking at that looking at that interview. How was that for you? What did you take out of it? Phenomenal interview. Learned a lot uh, about you know her experience traveling across the country and and working with different teams, especially within the American Conference, and her experience yep. working with those twelve different teams in the American and you know which one she preferred and 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 how she kind of helped grow uh, the American Athletic uh, Conference you know studio and, and media uh, you know group. So very very good interview and really uh, enjoy spending my time and uh, on this Sunday afternoon with uh, with Haley. Yeah, it, it was a great interview. Um, learned a lot about about her experiences, and we we just had a blast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't say it enough. Um, we had some technical difficulties while recording it, but yeah, it, it was a fun interview that we had, and I hope that all of you will enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I, I believe you will. Um, so, Artie, just real quick, doing some housekeeping. Just wanted to see uh, how, how have you been since we last recorded. Been real good, man. I went down to uh, South Carolina this 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 weekend and yeah. met up with one of one of my fraternity brothers, our pledge brother, yeah. uh, friend of the podcast, also Cal Manic. Uh, Want to you know thank his family for showing me some great hospitality down there in uh, North Myrtle Beach. Um, did 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 better this this weekend on the on the links. I shot you a ninety. Did. I shot a ninety six. So anytime I shoot under a hundred, so was that on the front or back nine? I shot a ninety-six overall. So. Oh wow! <laughs> Congratulations! Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I thought you, I thought you were talking about the front nine. No, no, okay. no I'm talking about a full eighteen, baby, full oh, eighteen. Oh, wow, okay. So that actually might be my best score ever, to be honest with you. And it was a very hard course. It's the the die course. Okay, yeah. At, at Barefoot Landing, so it was a very hard course, but very beautiful, and that's kind of how my weekend went. So, how about how about you? Yeah. Uh, so. Mine, interesting weekend. We went back down to the beach, mm-hmm. back to Emerald Isle. Good old Emerald Isle. Uh, saw, saw, some, saw some friends. Another one of our pledge brothers, John Torres, and, and his girlfriend, Hartley Hefner. Um, just thought, thought it was a good time. We were celebrating Hartley's birthday. And mm-hmm. I said, hey, well, y'all are already going to go down there. We'll come back down. Y'all can just stay at our place. And uh, so, yeah, it, it was a great time. Uh, ended up just, already you've seen the video. I saw the video. We we ended up <laughs> crashing a, a a party in some kind of trailer park next to the. <laughs> how, how, how did this start, Jared? You got you got to explain this to the people. Explain so, this to Partner Nation. So we're we're down there, and if it, I'm I'm assuming that a lot of you in Partner Nation know Emerald Isle, have been to Emerald Isle, visited. Um, so we're we went we went out to eat great new restaurant, uh, Fish Hut Grill. Mm-hmm. Um, had some drinks. Then they were like, hey, let's, the girls wanted to go play putt-putt. So we went and played putt-putt, um, mini-golf, for those of you that don't know that it's called putt-putt. They know what putt-putt is. Hey, you got you to gotta <laughs> cover all your bases. Um, I've even heard people call it silly golf. I, I don't, that's weird. Um, that but sounds like a northern thing. That, that is a, that's a northern thing. <laughs> got to be. So anyways, <clears throat> we, uh, w- they're like, oh, yeah, let's go, let's go get some ice cream. So we go. I, all the ice cream shops are closed by now. It's like 10.30. Right. And so we're like, hey, let's just go across to the pier. We're on our golf cart. We're whipping it around. And so we drive across from the Ben and Jerry's parking lot to the pier parking lot. Mm-hmm. And we're just we're just hanging out. We're hanging out. We're going to go walk on the pier. And uh, 
and when we got off the golf cart, Savannah, my wife, was like, wow, they're really, they're really having a fun time. <laughs> and, like, Hartley was on, on a phone call, so we were like, well, we just walked up on the pier, and we, we went and did our own thing. Sat out there for about 10, 15 minutes at the edge. Saw somebody catch, like, a three-and-a-half-foot shark off, wow. off the edge or off the end of the pier. Well, we come back, and, Grant, we haven't had a drink in, like, Two and a half hours at this mm-hmm. point. We so we're we're all like, I, I mean I'm pretty sober at this point, right? Um, and we uh, we're just walking out. This group is still having a party, and when I talk about party, these people are like they have strobe lights just going <laughs> off. They got a real DJ out there, like somebody singing into the mic. Like it, you want to talk about the party to end and all parties? We're gonna do a big. We're gonna do a big then. You know? Yeah, and so. Uh, Hartley, John's girlfriend, looks at me and she goes, "Should we go over there and crash it?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, I mean, if, if that's what the group wants to do, then that's what the group will do." <laughs> and so uh, John and Hartley led the way, and we, we just showed up into. We walked in, and uh, it it was definitely a interesting crowd, um, fun times. The 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 people the best part was like the lady that was I guess the host of the party she comes up to me, and she goes uh, she, she's like yeah this is a this is a a party for my eighteen year old daughter uh, yeah and I, I was like oh cool like that, that's awesome yeah we we just we saw y'all's lights and we heard your music and we have a house over there because mm-hmm. like we weren't supposed to be there apparently. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, we got a house over there, and uh, we just wanted to come check out what was going on. And she was like, well, y'all should have come earlier. Y'all should have been here around 730. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you should have sent me an invite. But, um, yeah, this went on for, like, 30 minutes. People were <laughs> drunk. Like, it, it was a fun time. People played cornhole, food. We didn't we didn't eat any food. We didn't right. play any cornhole. We just danced. And I had the best video of – our, our fraternity brother John and his girlfriend dancing to Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard. This it, is a must-see. I have to watch this video. Yeah, it's it's a video. It's, it's the one I sent to the group oh, chat. Okay, so, okay, so that, that one was a little short, though. It, it, it was short. I need, I need an extended version uh, of this, well, I, of this I didn't dancing. Want, I didn't want to get caught like videotaping these <laughs> random people's party. Like, I, I didn't want to get like thrown out of the party we had just gotten there right so yeah that we, we were there for about 45 minutes we had a good old time uh, somebody came up to us and we were like y'all were the life of the party and we were like we were only here for 45 minutes um, but I also saw a guy wearing NC State shorts so yeah that party must not have been that good until, well, it was a dud then uh, until we got there um, <laughs> but yeah that, that, that was our weekend already um, good times on Emerald Isle good times we spent last week down with the whole gang mm-hmm. down at Emerald Isle, and that that was really good to see everybody. But oh, yeah. now we are back, and we have some sports news. We have some ECU news to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, our man, our 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 buddy, uh, some somebody that like I mean that I'm very proud of. I'm glad that he's with ECU. Cliff Godwin, head fo- head baseball coach, I almost said head football coach. That's how I drink too much Jack this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Cliff Godwin getting a contract extension through, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's June 30th of 2025. Yep. yep. All, awesome. Uh, I mean, I can't say enough about Cliff Godwin. All the, Everything he means to the university. I mean, I, I know that things ended poorly with Coach Ruff, 
mm-hmm. a form a former ECU athlete turned head football coach. Mm-hmm. But that I, I'm glad that the university is handling the Cliff Godwin situation a, a lot, lot better. A lot better. Yeah, um, taking care of their 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 quality coaches that they have. Yep. So, um, yeah, that that's that's good to see. Um, Artie, do you have a take on a it's, take on this? It's, it's just a no-brainer to me. I mean, he's been there with six years, um, you know, four NCAA regional bursts, uh, two super regional appearances, an American Athletic regular season title, two AAC tournament titles, um, you know, forty plus wins in, in three seasons, you know, two fourteen yep. and one thirteen overall record. So to me, it's just a no-brainer. I mean, he's he's an excellent coach and, and he's going to be here for it for a while and you know the goal is to get you know to pass the super regional to Omaha uh, but I mean we're right there on the door you know and I, and I really see it happening within the next three to three to five years yeah so and D1 baseball I think it was this past week they put out their um, eight for Omaha next year honestly the last three years they've had ECU listed on this right you know the eight eight newcomers or eight teams to watch out for for Omaha so yeah, EC's EC's on that yeah. list, and it's gonna happen soon enough. I, I'm happy with uh with this decision. I mean, I I, I love uh, the passion that Cliff Godwin has for East Carolina University mm-hmm. for the baseball program. Um, I, I think it's good for the the university and the city as a whole. Um, so yeah, I mean, no brainer. No, yeah, it's um, absolute no brainer. You know, this, for, this for, needed to be done, and it got done. Yeah. So once again, I mean. Kudos to the athletic department, um, but also we—I mean, we we talk about it like we were just talking about Ruffin McNeil. Mm-hmm. That that reminds me, Ruffin Ruffin McNeil has a new uh, job. Sadly, sadly, I don't know how this happens. I, I don't I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Well, it's for state. It's it's like a double win because they get fuck state. They get an excellent football mind in Ruffin McNeil and they get to give us the huge middle finger because they definitely did this out of spite just a little bit to go get a, a true pirate through and through. I mean, I don't, I don't care where he works. He's always going to be yeah. a pirate through and through. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Ruff because I know personally he, he came back to North Carolina to be closer to his dad. Um, so personally, I am happy for him. I'm not happy for NC State, but I'm happy for Ruff. So that's just kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's hard to see this happen, it, especially with the way things ended at ECU. Mm-hmm. I, what I was hoping, I was hoping that he would come in and come work for the university, work at ECU, yep. work with the either the ECU football staff or even as a whole with the athletic department mm-hmm. um, and maybe player development. That, that's what I was hoping. I was hoping that he would have some kind of role there. Um, I did not want to see him go to the UNC Raleigh, and I, I didn't want to see that. Yeah. Um, but with all that being said, he's there. Um, I wanted to wish him the best of luck. Mm-hmm. And when ECU plays NC State next, I I hope we run it right down their throat. Yeah, I, I still hope State goes 0-12. Yeah. <laughs> but I am happy for Ruffin McNeil. I, yeah, I so. – yeah, I that, that's that's the one thing I've got to say is I I, I hate that he, that he's there. Mm-hmm. I would rather him go to a school like UNC or somewhere like that. But but you know, and, and we can't blame anybody but ourselves because oh, yeah, the, the way that we did him. The, the only it, person it we was, have to blame is Jeff Comfort. It, yeah, yeah, Jeff Comfort is, and I, I've talked about this. That man 
he's not worth the toilet paper you wipe your ass with <laughs> after you wipe your ass. Um, well, let him know how you really feel, Jerry. Hey, that there it is. <laughs> Jeff Comfort can lick my boot. I don't care. All right? Yeah, like, I, I, I don't want anybody that ever talks about ECU, if they ever mention Jeff Comfort, it should be with a negative connotation because mm-hmm. he's the one that put us in this mess. He's the one that made that decision to fire Ruffin McNeil. And it's one that we've had to live with ever since. And, I mean, I, I love Ruff just as much as everybody. And I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're on the right track. But the way that it was handled was not, was not the right way to handle it. Right, yeah. So, yeah, that, I mean, that, that's uh, really the, the big thing. Um, but, Artie, I know th- this podcast it probably isn't going to take as long mm-hmm. um, with how much stuff we've got to get to. Um, we do have, actually, Two some questions, right? We, we do have some questions, but we'll, okay. we'll get to those after the, uh, after the interview that we're going to do here in a little bit. But I wanted to say um, ECU football practice is finally starting up. They're moving into phase two, moving yeah. into the season. Um Really good to see some of these guys. Um, I, well, from what I've seen, these guys are ready to ball. These guys are going to be ready yep. come August 29th. And it, it's something that I'm excited about. What are, what I wanted to kind of do this, we, we've kind of been doing it. Mm-hmm. What's, your, uh, what's your expectations on how the season will play out with coronavirus? Um, I mean, at, at, at this point, you know, this is something that's never happened. So I know a lot of these kids – they are not going to take this opportunity and this season for granted. I know they're going to, you know, it's not just ECU. I'm just talking about student athletes uh, as a whole. They're all going to come back in the fall and be ready to go. They're going to want to showcase their talents. They're going to want to, you know, showcase to everyone why they do what they do. And so from an ECU standpoint, um, I'm extremely excited um, to know that we're getting back to practice, to know that these coaches can finally get together with with these guys and really start to implement a game plan going forward. Um, my expectations for the season as a whole really haven't changed. I'm not expecting greatness. I'm not expecting conference title. Um, but I am expecting competition to compete with every single opponent that we play, um, whether it's, you know, just conference opponents. I, I know you wanted to talk about the, uh, the conference scheduling that we might only be playing uh, within the conference. Um, but, you know, whether it's a six-game season or a 12-game season or a 10-game season, um, I just want to see us compete, you know. and. Yep. I think we'll. I think we'll do that. I think. I think Mike Houston's going to have a, a a group of guys ready to go whenever that that day is. He's going to have a group of guys ready to go and ready to to, to give it their all, uh, day one. Yep, definitely. So, um, with that, I, I think it's time. Uh, we're about fifteen minutes into the podcast. Why don't we go ahead and send it over to our interview with Haley Allen? Uh, once again, great interview. Had a mm-hmm. blast talking to her. The the very last part of this interview is, it it's something. I mean. It was, it's a great, worth, yeah, it was a great last part of that interview. Like, the whole interview was great, but, like, this last part, make sure you listen through the whole thing. This last part is fantastic. <laughs> um, really some uh, some quality podcasting, some quality journalism yep. happening on, on our end. We, we're asking the hard-hitting questions at the end. So, yeah, um, without further ado, here's our interview with Haley Allen, former ECU soccer player. So, once again... Uh, So today we're pleased to be joined by uh, a great guest. Her name is Haley Alton. 
So for those of you that may not know, you should know already, Haley was an all-conference soccer player at ECU. She also served as team captain. She's originally from Southern California, made her way to Greenville, North Carolina, spent some time there playing soccer for ECU. Um, she then went on to work for the AAC Digital Network. She was the first full-time sideline analyst, TV host for the AAC Digital Network. Now she's working in esports. Haley, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, you guys really hyped me up there. It makes me <laughs> sound actually interesting. Thank you. <laughs> no, you absolutely are. You, you are definitely <laughs> interesting. So, um, yeah, just kind of wanted to jump right in and uh, – Kind of, kind of see. So you, you came to ECU from Southern California, and you played soccer. How how was that transition from one complete side of the different side of the country to coming to the Eastern Coast? Yeah, I get that question a decent amount actually, and mostly when I was at school there. Um, but oddly enough, a lot of athletes at ECU, especially um, from what I remember on the soccer team and the softball team. Um, quite a few athletes that came from Southern California. And to be honest with you, um, I had never heard of ECU. Um, it was probably about my sophomore year of high school. I was playing in this showcase in Houston, Texas. And uh, the coaches from ECU at the time, they were there and uh, they connected with me afterwards. And I was very uh, humbled and fortunate that they had offered me a scholarship and said, hey, come check us out. Um, that's the worst you do is go on an official visit and you hate it. Um, so I made my way out to Greenville, North Carolina, and um, I had an absolute blast. I thought it was so cool and um, really kind of had everything I was looking for between um, the campus is awesome, the athletic facilities were really cool. And at that time, we were uh, the soccer stadium anyways. It was old Bunting Field. So, mm -hmm. um, but they had promised a brand new state-of-the-art soccer stadium and locker room. Um, and sure enough, they came through. So that was pretty cool. But um, to be honest with you, I think what really sold me on ECU, minus um, the fact that I had what I wanted to major in in broadcast journalism, um, the soccer team was coming off of the Conference USA Championship at the time. Um, but what really like kind of captured my attention was when I got to go out for my first football weekend in the fall, my senior year of high school, and experience game day in Greenville. And Coming from Los Angeles, like just the level of fandom is so different. You're in a big city. And when I got to Greenville and like the moment you cross the border into that town, like everything starts looking super purple and mm -hmm. people yep. are just like, they're crazy, but in like the best way possible. And I was like, this is, this is going to be really fun and something like totally different than I'd ever been used to. Yeah. Cause like in, in, in LA, you have a lot of things to do, right? You can never run out of things to do in LA, but in Greenville, like, especially in the fall, it's football and it's only football and everybody's going to do that. Like they're going to tailgate, they're going to be there for the games. Like the entire city is going to come out. So I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Exactly. And I aspect. think like one of the, one of the things that I have the greatest amount of respect for, and it is just such a college football town um, in LA, I love LA and I'm never going to hate on my home, but uh, when the Trojans aren't winning and the Bruins aren't winning, you notice that the stadium looks a heck of a lot emptier. Yeah. And um, in Greenville, I mean, football has had, you know, its highs and lows over the last 10 years. But I think every season, the fan base starts out with this fresh hope and people still come and they still support the team. And I think that's really cool. And uh, definitely not bandwagoners in Greenville. 
Yep. Yeah, de- definitely not. We we pride ourselves on being pirates tr- through and through, and um, and coming to showing out to games. Yeah, I know. I know. Over the past couple of years, it's been hard to come out, but um, that they're still coming out and still supporting the team. Which, I mean, I I think it's shown on a, on a recruiting standpoint for for ECU. But um, looking at it, so you come to ECU and you're you're experiencing college. What at what point did you decide that you wanted to, I know you said you wanted to study broadcast journalism. At what point did you decide that, Hey, I kind of want to go into sports journalism um, rather than traditional. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, all of my life, I grew up in a sports family. I grew up playing soccer and volleyball primarily. Um, But just, I like loved being around sports. And so I knew sadly that it would eventually, I think, come to an end. Um, So I was like, what am I going to do after this? And I couldn't think of anything else I wanted to do more than just stay around sports. So um, being an athlete was hard just because of the schedule. And there's not really a lot of breaks throughout the year. Um, But I did the best I could in terms of just getting different internships, um, primarily in the summer. So I had some really cool experiences. I went home to LA and interned for CBS and got to help um, shadow and like learn and cover the Dodgers. Um, Another summer I went to Philadelphia um, and helped cover the Phillies, Um, you know, all shadowing and just like learning from people that were super good at their craft at the time. And like all those experiences were really cool, but um, I'd be remiss without mentioning um, Greenville's most famous uh, sports anchor, Brian Bailey. So Brian, (laughs) um, he, allowed me to shadow him every Monday for about two years because Monday was our only off day for soccer. So um, I made my way into WNCT and I sat at his desk with him and probably annoyed him um, (laughs) because (laughs) I just had a ton of questions and probably talked the whole time. So, um, but Brian is like by far one of my favorite mentors I've ever had. And so um, even though I couldn't spend a ton of hours every week doing it. I certainly um, got to learn a lot from him. Um, And after my soccer season was done senior year, I actually spent the spring working in the athletic department um, my last few months of college and got to cover some ECU baseball um, once my duties as an athlete were over. And so got to spend a lot of time in the athletic department. So um, really just like so many people in Greenville in general were super supportive of helping to like, accommodate and work around my schedule and like let me learn from them so I'm always I've always been super appreciative of that and um, it definitely helped um, lead me to to where I am today um, fun fun quick fun fact uh, I think one of the coolest moments of my professional career was actually uh, two AAC football championships ago um, I got to host our pre and post game show with Brian Bailey so yeah, um, awesome. I went from um, being his, you know, intern uh, for two years in college, and then we actually got to work together and, and host a couple of shows together. So it's kind of neat to see it all come full circle. That's awesome. Now, now, when you were traveling all over the country, I usually ask a lot of people, what was your favorite team to play for, organization, but what was your favorite destination overall? Team, city, atmosphere, people, what would you say was your favorite overall? So far? Um, In the American, I assume. Um, (laughs) so, uh, you know, no secret that the AAC is, uh, pretty spread out. So got to spend a lot of time in airplanes and traveling, but, um, 
it's so hard to get this question because I would say that like there's so many different regions of the country that this conference covers. Mm-hmm. Like they're all so incredibly different. And um, I'm like a big foodie. So like I love to like check out like the best restaurants when I get to a city and yep. try to like get, um, you know, whether it's like a few other historic sites or definitely restaurants for sure. But I love to like check something out when I'm there if I have time. Um, but like the biggest uh, probably like debate that we constantly had was which city offered the best barbecue because you have like all these different regions between like Houston, (laughs) Texas, um, got their own thing going on in Memphis, Greenville, obviously. Um, You know, so there's just all these different cities that bring like their own style of barbecue. So that was probably the biggest like debate that we had all the time. Um, But really cool because it's a mix of small towns like Mm -hmm. Greenville and, and Tulsa um but then you have these huge cities like orlando and houston um so everywhere was so different it is really really hard to pick um i'm always biased because i love going back to greenville and getting to see some of my people and it's like you know it's perks because i get to to see familiar faces but also work so that's always fun but honestly too tough to pick but really cool experience just getting to travel to like 12 different cities and everything was a plane right away. So, um, I can't, yeah, think of any other opportunity like it where you get to just see so many different places and experience so much different weather (laughs) and food and (laughs) and everything. So yeah, Florida schools are tough, man. Going up to Yukon in the fall. It's chilly up there. (laughs) Philly with temple. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, it's interesting that you say that about the about like the barbecue. Like I, I've always thought that. So, Haley, I I don't know if you know anything. I'm, I'm from about Lexington barbecue. I, I'm from Lexington, North Carolina, mm-hmm. born and raised. Okay. But I mean, I, I came down to Greenville. I went to ECU, did my four years, enjoyed my time there. I I don't say which barbecue is my favorite. I'm not going to say that on the <laughs> podcast. But like I, I think about it, like because I, I I have thought about the Houston, the Memphis, the Eastern style barbecue and that you got some other kinds of um, food. I mean, I know you have like skyline chili up in Cincinnati, like all, wild all the, combination, by the way, wild yeah, combo. seriously, like <laughs> spaghetti and chili, like chili. what the hell? Um, but, <laughs> but seriously, I, I've thought like, yeah, you, I know the AAC is moving their headquarters down to Houston or down to Texas. Now they just officially did that. I'm thinking, okay, well, instead of doing the clam bake, like we've always done, and up up north in the northeast let's do a chili cook-off or like do a, a barbecue cook-off oh, yeah, like, like a traditional barbecue yeah. yeah like you each each place brings their barbecue and if you don't have barbecue if you're not you're not like greenville or houston or memphis hey why don't we bring uh why don't you bring your it's a valid idea no. yeah valid like, idea yeah I'll, I'll have to i'll have to ask Go mr oresco next time yeah. I, Next time we get them on the phone. <laughs> I will say though, this there's there's one thing here that I must throw in, and that is that is a great idea, and they may have to consider it um, with their their new path moving forward in Texas. But for those media members and players and teams that got to experience um, like Media Day in Newport, Rhode Island, um, it is like one of the most incredible events of the year, and like it was it was so fun like seeing players like. I mean, there was like hundreds of lobsters and they're all like cracking lobsters open. You have linemen that are like eating like nine or 10 lobsters. It was pure insanity, but it was like kind of, uh, I mean, it was a once in a lifetime experience for me to get to do that every summer and to go up there. So it was kind of cool because 
Um, you had to go to this like really surreal remote location and yep. talk about football, like on the water. Um, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, but um, it was you're awesome. not in a hotel, you know, like SEC or, you know, some of these other uh, conferences, like just where you could be anywhere. But that was like one of the most special events of the year working at the AAC was um, football media day and the clam bake. But to embrace their Texas roots, they, they may have to consider your idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll send in a formal uh, a formal idea like submission to to the to the conference and we'll, I don't know we'll, if that'll help that. bring the conference together or uh, tear people apart though because um, fans <laughs> fans are pretty <laughs> passionate and opinionated about this topic. That is for sure. Now speaking of your time with the American, um, you created the American's first ever original weekly show called The Rise. Um, Tell us how that went to, went to be and you know, how that experience went creating that, that first original weekly show. Yeah, it's kind of crazy um, when I think that far back. So I ended up um, working at The American for about six years. Um, and when I started there, uh, the conference was one year old <laughs> and they were a baby mm -hmm. and as was I. So when I got there, it was just they were kind of trying to figure it all out and like create their new identity after having separated from the Big East. Um, and so they hired me to basically come into the office and um, watch every single football game and basketball game and cut highlights um, and just do kind of some basic like video highlight packages. And I'm like, this is cool. Uh, I'm like watching sports for my job. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but like I kind of got there and like I started opening some doors and some closets and I opened this one room and I found all this camera equipment and um, a green screen and a TriCaster and all these different um, items that I could use to make a show that were basically like left over from the Big East days and they were super dusty. And I asked my boss at the time, I'm like, hey, if I like get this stuff like up and running, could I start doing a show once a week? And he was like, yeah, sure, <laughs> why not? <laughs> um, so it's pretty terrifying to like look back at some of the first episodes, but it was my very best attempt at trying to cover 12 different schools um, from Providence, Rhode Island, when everyone was scattered all over the place. But um, honestly, it was like kind of, you know, we started this conversation off, uh, you know, you don't really need a lot to make content and you don't have to have the newest, coolest equipment and all this fancy stuff to, right. to produce stuff. And so that's kind of how that started. And um, once it caught on a little bit, uh, I was super fortunate. The commissioner was on board and they kind of invested a lot more into it. So it started to become a daily show and we started to add members to our team and, and build it out and um, didn't really mean for it to happen that way at the time, but it was definitely super cool that it did. Yeah. I've always enjoyed watching. I mean, I know, I know a lot of the things have been on like Facebook live or on like through the Facebook uh, channel, the YouTube channels. I've always enjoyed watching the AAC digital network and, always knowing that, I mean, you were an ECU alum, like seeing that, seeing like the great things that ECU is doing in the conference, um, kind of taking a step back and looking at, okay, from, from your point of view, working when you were working with the conference, what, what were you thinking about all the transitions that were going on at East Carolina University? It's been a rough couple of years. Kind of want to get your take on how things are viewed at, at the conference level. You know, cover everybody equally, but um, I can't help that to like my 
my core that I'm a fan inside just, and having known, you know, a lot of the coaches and players and staff members, it's like, you want people to succeed and do well. So, um, you know, some of, I was lucky, like when I was a student athlete, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better experience. It was so fun, you know, being there with Ruffin and, um, you know, it was just like so cool. You'd see Ruffin like walking down the street and you'd be like, hey, what's up? And he was just you know, walking down Greenville Boulevard. Um, you're just like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. Um, but definitely, yeah, definitely been a lot of changes um, and, you know, has been a rough past few years. But um, one of my favorite things about ECU that's always kind of had this like underdog, you know, blue collar, diamond in the rough mentality and so um I don't know I really like believe in Mike Houston I think that he really proved himself at his last stop and I think um you know there's a lot of experience coming back this year and I think football and just speaking to football I guess um I think it's I think there's going to be a step forward um no matter what happens but um you know I continue to to believe it'll get back to where it used to be and I think um you know Greenville as a community like is going to just, you know, keep hoping that this is the year that it happens. And um, I don't know. Yeah, it's been definitely tough, though, to watch as, as a fan at times. But I I think that, like, this is the fresh start. And so I think it's, it's kind of only up from here. So I'm excited about it. Um, but definitely, I don't know. Yeah, you just, like, you uh, – it's not an easy position to be in. And it's not an easy thing for anybody because, like, change impacts, you know, these players that are out there and having – you know, new coaches and ADs, like it impacts everybody. So it's definitely hard, but hopefully there's, there's stability moving forward and, um, you know, do the best they can. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, that, that's something that I'm glad to hear. We've, we've had so, several guests on that have said kind of the same thing that they're seeing the change. And we, we believe the same thing too, that we're seeing the transition and we're seeing the transition into that new era of mm-hmm. ECU football and ECU athletics. I, I know we've had some rough times, but we're, we're on the edge. We're, we're on the precipice of on the right getting out yeah. of that. On the right track. Hey, and I mean, like, I don't know. I just, you know, I look back to when I was a student there and um, I don't know. I think it's always like really ECU has always prided itself on, you know, they don't always have the, you know, five-star recruit and the most well-known player in the country coming into town. But then, I mean, it, I mean, could you have lined up like a better five, six, seven years of receivers to have come through that school and like, see people go on to the NFL and like do big things. So, um, you know, people may not show up to ECU with a name that everyone knows, but, um, you know, there's a handful that have left and certainly caught the attention of people across the country. And like, I mean, it doesn't get much cooler than having your starting quarterback um, be a hometown guy. Like, that's awesome. Like how cool is that going to be this year? I'm so excited. That that's, I mean, it's honestly one of the coolest things. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's, it's one of those, uh, almost like a Cinderella story of, okay, this is the hometown hero coming back and saying, okay, I'm going to put the team on my back and we're going to, we're going to turn this thing around. And, and it just speaks to the uh, tradition, right? And just how big football is in Greenville. You know I mean? As, as a kid, I know Houghton was growing up wanting to play for the Pirates and nobody else. So it just speaks to the tradition that we have in Greenville. Yeah. You have a hometown quarterback and then every time the kid scores a touchdown, his dad's going to let you know yeah. about the PA, right? <laughs> yeah, yep, seriously. Yep. Uh, Morgan Ayler's friend of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, so switching gears a little bit, um, because you're now covering esports, right? And, and so what has been the biggest difference between going from, I guess, traditional sports 
to now covering esports? Yeah, so it definitely was an unexpected um, turn that I decided to take. But um, I think esports is definitely an area that is rapidly growing, especially in professional organizations. But I think we'll see it a lot at the college level too. So um, I really just wanted to get into that world and learn a lot. But everything is so different about it. Um, yeah, there's this whole video game world out there that I never knew existed. <laughs> yeah, and yep they might be crazier and more passionate than uh, college sports fans, like remarkable. Um, but um, it's super fun. Uh, they're super competitive in its own way. And so um, the video game that um, I currently cover and work for is called Ultimate Rivals The Rink. So it's an NHL ice hockey game, but Hell yeah. it's pretty cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> Jared would love that. Uh, it's pretty cool because um, so it's, our CEO is like a total genius, but um, he basically was able to negotiate licenses with like all the major leagues and like players associations. So you can have LeBron James and Alex Morgan playing Alex Ovechkin and I don't know, Justin Turner. So we have like MLB, NFL, NHL, wow. WNBA. That so it's like very interesting. men and women, sport crossover. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's pretty cool and a concept that hasn't been done before. So um, it's still a young game, um, and I think it's going to be awesome once it gets going in the esports world. Um, but it's going to be part of a franchise. So later this year, we'll have our NBA version of the game coming out the court. Um, but right now, it's all mobile and it's in the Apple Arcade. So um, okay, yeah. So it's pretty cool, but um, definitely totally different than sports. But um, you know despite the obvious of COVID currently going on. Um, my plan is to, you know, continue um, kind of immersing myself in the esports world, but um, I don't have the intention of leaving the real sports world either. Mm -hmm. I need a little bit of both in my life. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, totally different, but equally. A good balance. <laughs> yeah. So I also wanted to ask, looking at esports, and I know this is such a weird time that we're living in. Um, what I've kind of seen and, just this is my personal um, viewpoint. The esports world has begun to really take hold and really grow, especially with the coronavirus, with COVID nineteen. What what is kind of your take? Are you, is that something that y'all are seeing at, at your company? Is is that something that you're seeing from from your standpoint? Yeah, I mean it's pretty incredible, um, especially when all the professional leagues came to an abrupt halt. I mean the NBA is a great example. Um, you know, you had players from teams like, quote unquote, finishing out their seasons playing um, NBA 2K. Um, I mean, yeah, there's so many athletes, um, like ones that we work with all the time or athletes like um, in the NFL, Juju Smith-Schuster. He's a huge gamer. De'Aaron mm -hmm. Fox, NBA, huge gamer. Um, so I think you've seen a lot of like professional athletes during this time, Um play video games while they haven't been able to yeah. be with their teams um mm -hmm. so um i think that is interesting i think you know just us average joes at home have been looking for things to do too um nope. so it's definitely um yeah it's it's shined a lot of light on the esports world and um, you know, before all of this, I mean, people were gathering in major venues. I mean, they were selling out NFL stadiums for that, four that, nights. They, I was supposed insane. to go to this event in LA at the Shrine Auditorium um, for a huge esports event in March that didn't happen. But um, so this stuff is actually taking place in person a lot. 
But unlike real sports, um, pretty easy to shift it to home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing like I've noticed. <laughs> so when when sports kind of went away abruptly, I was like, what what am I gonna watch? Right. And I just started watching at one point. I knew I had like a problem with like my sports addiction when I was watching people play na- like play a NASCAR video game. Yeah. Like just watching videos of NASCAR video games on YouTube. <laughs> like I don't even watch yeah. NASCAR. Right. But like I got down a rabbit hole of watching NASCAR video games. That's how I knew. And that's how I knew it was it was going to be a big thing mm-hmm. home at that point. Yeah, I mean ESPN was I think you know, at one point grasping for anything. And I mean, they, they were also, you know, streaming, they got some professional athletes to hop on and they were creating some esports tournaments. DraftKings has had to do stuff like that. Um, people yep. that are focused on, you know, the sports gambling world. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that have been able to kind of latch onto it um, for sure during these times. That being said, um, I think we're all ready for sports to come back. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, Haley, we uh, we we really enjoyed talking to you. We have one question that we ask all of our guests, and we we're excited for your answer. It's gonna be the hardest question okay. we ask all. It's the hardest question we ask. Okay, you ready? <laughs> I don't okay. know. Hit me with so, it. All right. So you're in Greenville. Maybe you're 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 in Greenville covering a game. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just say hypothetically, ECU was in a conference championship of some kind, and you're covering it here in Greenville, and then ECU wins. Time to celebrate. You go down to you go downtown. You hit Sup Dogs. All right. Okay. All right. Great establishment. Friends of the podcast. Friends of the podcast. All right. Two stories now, right? <laughs> What's that? I said two stories now. Right? Yeah, two yeah. two stories. Got a and, new look. All right. And, oh yeah. And yeah, growing back to back champs. Uh, <laughs> when when you go to Sup Dogs, what do you order? <laughs> well first things first i order a beer like that's just easy Uh, yeah yeah, i gotta get the beverage going um (laughs) i feel like this is probably a trick question Um, no trick questions i mean a hot dog uh naturally um but i have to really like be honest here i like i haven't ordered anything from sub dog since like 2013 maybe so um I'm a little <laughs> unfamiliar with the current menu, but I'm pretty. I don't, sim- I don't think it's changed much. <laughs> hot dog and a hot beer. Dog. Hot, hot dog, dog and a beer. beer. Hey, <laughs> well, how, how about Do I, does that pass the test? That that passes. You're a true pirate through and through. <laughs> how about next time? We we've got this kind of running thing. We're gonna we're gonna meet up with all of our guests at some point. Right. And just at Sub Dogs. And okay, fine. I'll let you guys take me to Sup Dogs. All right, all right. And we'll, we'll drink Sup Crushes and have some hot dogs. Okay. Sup Crushes. Wow. Honestly, though, uh, yeah, downtown Greenville, uh, totally different place than uh, when I left Greenville in 2013. I like mm-hmm. walked through there probably like two years ago. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. A lot has happened, but oh, also yeah. the better. It's pretty half, cool. Half the bars aren't aren't there and or renamed or, or something renamed like yeah. something else i thought you were gonna ask me what my favorite bar was and well I think okay gone, so. okay well <laughs> well i mean we, we were there around the time you were there so what what was uh what was your favorite part where'd you go uh well hopefully none of the coaches are listening to this because we were really good and we didn't go out um but other than that <laughs> <laughs> um we spent a lot of time at um oh my gosh fourth fourth street yeah, I think yes. it's something else now. Okay. Is it, uh, is it buggies life? now? Buggies, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, buggies, buggies now. now. Yep. 
yeah, J, whatever JJ's establishment is. Um, and uh, still life, naturally. Yeah, <laughs> yep. that's also two stories now. Yeah, that, that's like two, almost two and a half stories, basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got a rooftop um, bar. Oh my God, this is like, wow, my memory. Uh, PJ's? Is that a place? PB's? PB's, thank PBs. you. Santana Bob's, yeah. PB's. Yeah, those are, uh, oh my gosh, I need to like, after after this, this is going to bother me. I need to like go back and, and figure this out. But yeah, those are those are three solid spots at the time. It probably oh, sounds yeah. super uncool now. No, 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 no they're, all, they're all still there. Still Life and PBs are definitely yeah. two spots. Longevity that, proves they were good. We, still Life and PBs were two spots that Artie and I frequented quite often. Yeah. Then you get older and you go to 503 or whatever. 519, yeah. 519. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sign your name on the wall and take a 519 yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah. What? Good times. Well, Haley, uh, thank you again for joining us on the Boneyard Podcast. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure having you. Absolutely. Um, and thank you for all you've done for the American Athletic Conference and ECU as a whole. Thank you. You guys are great. And fingers crossed for football and fingers crossed for fans. And uh, hopefully we can all gather in Greenville uh, pretty soon. That'd be fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll, go, we'll all go to Sup Dogs all together. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm holding you to that. I don't forget. Oh, yeah. The names of all the bars. So. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. We'll just do a bar crawl. All right. Here we go. All right, Haley. Thank you. Thank right. you so much. Take it easy now. Thanks, guys. Uh, that was a great interview that we had with Haley Alton. Um, uh, we hope that y'all, bo- everybody enjoyed it. Um, Artie, though, we there's some there's some news we need to talk about, mm-hmm. and uh, I just I want to get your your take on this. Okay, the so the Power Five conferences. I use quotation mm-hmm. marks around that. Some of them, two of them, right now have decided to go with a conference only schedule. Right this year those two being the big 10 and pac 12 mm-hmm. um that i mean that means that games were like I, I believe cincinnati was supposed to play nebraska um i know i want to say somebody was supposed to play wisconsin um this year like we had four or five games mm-hmm. against those conferences as a conference as a conference ourselves yeah that means those games are no longer happening mm-hmm the the reason why they've canceled them basically is to save money. They don't want to pay the game pay to play these non-conference games because that's what they are. They're money games, mm-hmm. right? So they're saying they're they're basically just backing out like the pansies that they are. If you're if you're the autonomous conferences, if you're the Power 5 and you're the Power 5 because you have all this money, that's the whole reason they're the Power 5 is cuz they're money, mm-hmm. right? Well, then why can't you pl- pay to play the games that you had on your contract, what 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 is your take on on why? Well, I I think that they're going to cover this up by saying health and, and that, safety, right? And that's fucking it's, bullshit. It's for the safety of the of the players and the coaches. But here's the thing: when you only play in conference schedule, you still have to travel. Yeah, you still have to. Even if you only have six games, you're still going to have. You're still playing the game of football. Look, you see, you understand what I'm saying? Like. There's still risk if you only play one game or 12 games. There's going to be risk. So, you know, that whole, oh, we're just trying to protect the safety of our players and coaches. To me, I don't believe that because you're still going out playing these games. And so, 
don't tell me that you care about the health and safety of the players if you're still willing to have a college football season. Now, granted, I, I want a college football season, and I, I understand that there's going to be a certain risk that we have to take going forward to get back to any sort of normal life, um, which life is not going to be normal going forward at all. Um, but I, I think it's just a cover-up, to like, like you said, to save money. They don't want to expend this money with these non-conference games. And so they're like, okay, we're just going to keep it in-house. We'll just do in-conference. Um, it's very interesting to see how this is going to pan out going forward. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. So say I know the SEC, the ACC are looking at doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So this year, uh, let's just look at a school like South Carolina, okay? South Carolina plays ECU. ECU is about a, what, three-hour drive from Columbia? Mm-hmm. Three and a half, maybe? Well, then they've got to play they, – one, they take a trip down to Florida. Right. That's at least a six-hour drive. Mm-hmm. They also take a uh, – where else are they going? They're going to Baton Rouge, Louisiana That's the, to play LSU. That's at least a 15-hour drive, close to it at least, 10 to 12 hours at least. So uh, they're not going to drive. We all know that they're going to fly. Right. And, and, and it'd and be ECU, private planes, you know. And ECU would fly too, but it, it's the same thing. Like, <laughs> what what difference does it make if you're going to play these games anyways? It makes no sense. Now, I, now they, they are saying that this is going to help have assure that we have a football season because if we try to have the non-conference game, it's going to be a little more of a headache trying to do the logistics of dealing with this pandemic and then having all these teams fly all over the country. But at the same time, teams are going to be flying all over the country regardless. Exactly. So, so and here, here's my thing. For one year, why don't you just abolish conferences if that's what you want to do? Get rid of the conference play. Play in-state, just like football or high school football. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, instead of ECU playing at South Carolina this week, they travel down to Chapel Hill and play, play the Tar Heels. Or, or – Instead of App going and playing whoever they play, they, I mean, they play a cakewalk schedule anyways, but instead of App playing at Georgia Southern or wherever they play, whatever comp teams are in their conference, mm. I always forget because they're interchangeable, basically. You're looking at the 2020, their 2020 schedule instead of them playing at Wisconsin. App was supposed to play at Wisconsin. That's a Big Ten school mm-hmm. that they're not going to play. Instead of playing them – why don't they come down and play us in Greenville? And, and also, the Power Five is not taking into account how much this hurts. They don't give a shit. Conferences that are not in the Power Five. Because our non-conference schedule is the whole reason why we even have a chance to try to make it to a New Year's Six Bowl or make it to a, to a bigger bowl game. Of course, the SEC can play each other within conference and be like, oh, yeah, we, we feel like we deserve to go to a national championship. We played Alabama and LSU I, I and think this Georgia. Is the, if they're going to start doing this, this is the year. Because there's not going to be a bowl season. There can't be. How can you determine a, you, a, a true top twenty-five you or, can't. or a true you can't you know playoff? And this is going to show nobody's the, playing out of conference. This year is going to do. I I think this year will do irreparable harm to the sport of college football if if this is what happens and across the whole whole football season. Because what's going to happen is they're going to say, well, we can do this every year, and we we'll just schedule one or two non non-conference games with the other Power 5 schools. That's going to really hurt all those lower programs. And that's what the Power 5 wants. Now, I will say this. They, they'd have to expand the playoff. They have to. 
it had to be at least eight. If you're gonna if you're gonna keep it within just conferences, that means you have to have a team outside of the the, the power five automatically qualify at, at that for point, the playoff. You that, have to. At that point what you do is you take the top eight conferences based on strength of schedule, RPI, all of that, and you say, Okay, who are these conference champions? Mm-hmm. All right. And then and then and I hate to say this because I know what's gonna happen. You seed those conferences, you seed those those um, schools, and they're going to say, well, the American Athletic Conference is seeded sixth, the Mountain West Conference is seeded seventh, and then you have probably Conference USA seeded eighth. Right. And Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If that happens, if they are willing to expand the playoff for one season, then I'm okay with it because that means you're, you're giving – Others outside of the Power Five a fair oh, chance what, at a national title my, my worry, or a New Year's Six Bowl. My worry is looking forward. Well, you, you've got the – I mean, the group of five, I, I use quotation marks again because we believe it's a group of four mm-hmm. and we believe in the Power Six. The group of five, group of four, right? right they have an automatic bid to the New Year's Six Bowl. They have an automatic bid, just the top – ranked team at the end of the season yep. that is from the group of five. It's, my thought is, is what's going to happen in the future when these conferences realize, hey, we can actually just, you know what, pull out these schedule, these games that we have scheduled and we'll, we'll go play other Power Five conferences. We've talked about it before. Alabama hasn't played a non-conference game on the road in like, 12 years, 8 to 12 years, something like that. We don't – guys, I don't check my my numbers, but I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to go this year and play uh, USC, or they were supposed to play one of those – another powerhouse. Right. And that's not going to happen now. But they're going to play 10 conference games or whatever because that's what the SEC – the SEC will do that. Oh, yeah. They will do that. And the last thing I'll say about it is – do not tell me that it is about the health and safety of it's not. players and coaches. Do not feed me that crock of shit. It's not. Excuse my language, because I don't want to hear that. If, if I've it said was, much worse. If it was about the health and safety, there would not be a football season. But there's going to be a football season, which means you're going to you're going to have risk. There's going to be the risk of catching uh, the, the the novel coronavirus out there. It doesn't matter whether you're going from North Carolina to South Carolina or South Carolina to California. The risk is going to be there. It's all over the country. So don't give me that health and safety stuff. Yeah, I, I think this is the year that it's going to be interesting to see. I, I I don't really, really I don't really foresee them. There's not going to be a championship handed out this year. I don't see that. Uh, I think we'll have a football season, but it's going to be off or not. There's not going to. It's going to be. There's not going to be something to play for at the end of the year. Right. And maybe at that point, the Power Five will realize, hey, kind of sucks to not have something to play for. All season, you, you're all – they tell you, oh, yeah, we're going to have all the same goal. But then at the end of the year, only half the programs have that mm-hmm. same goal. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it, it's going to be tough. But I would, I'm would i going to be interested to see how ECU and other group of five with quotation marks – I'm going to keep saying that, group of five with mm-hmm. quotation mark programs – to handle this situation. Because what I think is going to happen is these non-conference games that are 
pulled from from the group of five. The group of five schools still need that money. Yeah. And so, one, they're probably going to get uh, – they should be able to get that money from these institutions. Mm-hmm. They should get their buyout money. That, that should be a thing, um, at least in most cases, as long as the athletic director and the coaching staff had the contract well-worded. <laughs> um, but I mean, you look at it, ECU is supposed to play at South Carolina. App supposed to play at Wisconsin mm-hmm. the week of September 19th. Well – both those conferences say, okay, conference-only games. Those two schools, they should say, hey, they should say, hey, let's get our money from those two schools, and then let's have a let's have a game down in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, so Absolutely. the so the Pirates can punch them in the mouth, <laughs> right? So, I mean, that, that's just an idea for for what we can do. I mean, and nothing's set in stone just yet. It's it's a tricky situation. They don't know what they're going to do just yet. Um, they're just throwing ideas out there, but it is looking like a, a real possibility. I I don't foresee the the American Athletic Conference doing that. Um, I only really see it happening probably in the Power Five conferences. Mm-hmm. I think the American Athletic Conference will want as many games as possible to be on national television, and some of those non-conference games will be on there. Like your ECU Marshall should be on mm. national television. Right. And it, it's already slated to be on that. Now, I, and I just misspoke. I'm sorry. The South Carolina game is the 12th. Well, we've got Norfolk State on the 19th. I'm sure ECU would love to get out of that Norfolk State contract and go play at. at yeah. Because uh, yeah. you're going to have better you're going to have better TV rankings and uh, get more exposure there than mm. playing Norfolk State. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's enough of that. Um, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But just know that if the whole Power Five, the autonomous conferences, say, "Yeah, we're only playing conference games only," and then they only do a four-team college football playoff if they have a college football playoff, mm. that's when you're going to know the whole thing was a crock of shit, anyways. Right. Exactly. exactly. ECU fans, we already know that, but. That's when you'll really be able to see it. Well, the fact that they think we're idiots is what's insulting. (laughs) Um, So, Artie, we have some Twitter questions. Um, If you give me a second, let's see. One of them from Brandon Avery. He says, Godwin's contract extension is a no-brainer. He is the man for the job until he no longer wants it as far as I'm concerned. Could you see ECU basically agreeing to a live contract with him? So Brandon Avery, my, our good boy, our good buddy, mm. good boy. <laughs> Once again, too much Jack this weekend. Um, Brandon, I I really um, that's tough. I don't know if I see ECU handing out that type of contract. Kind of like because I mean that's what Coach K has at Duke, basically mm, a yeah. life contract. What I see is I see them doing these five to ten year contract extensions. Until he wants to retire. He's had the opportunity to go somewhere, go to one of these big-name schools, mm-hmm. Alabama. Um, so I think he had a shot at, like, Michigan or something a couple yeah. years ago. He's had job opportunities at big-name schools. But he's built something at ECU. And baseball is probably the only sport where being in a power conference doesn't affect you. Right. It doesn't help you, nor does You've it seen that you. with Coastal. So. Yep, Coastal. Um, you, you've always got those teams. You got teams that are even barely D one schools mm-hmm. that are making the NCAA tournament. Um, 
Sam Houston State, Dallas Baptist University, those schools, those aren't your major schools, but they're really good at baseball. Uh, UC Irvine has always been good at baseball. So I, I think that East, Cliff Godwin realizes what he's got at ECU. He loves the, the community. He loves uh, the fan base. He loves what pirate baseball means to the university. He knows he knows what the number twenty three means. He he excels in really teaching his student athletes about about being a pirate, and I, I think he enjoys that. Yeah, I, I I would agree with you. I mean, I think the situation is good for both sides, right? I mean, ECU is taking care of him. And I think he knows what he has at ECU. I don't. I don't see him wanting to leave. He knows that he has something established. He knows that they're knocking right on the cusp of a of a, of a college road series appearance. So you know, I, I, the lifetime contract. You know, that only happens for just a hand. When I say a handful, literally a handful of coaches I mean, around the country. Who, so who has it? Coach K. Basically, Roy Williams has one. Right. Um, and then I think Jim, I was about to say Jim Beheim had one. Right. Um. Gino Oriyama from UConn probably has one. Right. Um, but see, all, those are all national champion winners. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think the lifetime contract doesn't happen until you actually win a national championship. But even then, I, I think the situation right now is good I, for both sides. I, I so. think that the work that Cliff Godwin has done – now, don't get me wrong. If he were to go and have six – four or five seasons in a mm-hmm. row of either missing the tournament or – not bringing, not actually like succeeding, having a, success, a successful season, mm-hmm. then they might have to review. Okay, what are our options? Right. But I don't foresee that happening. That's not happening. I don't, I don't <laughs> see that I'm, I'm happening. I'm gonna tell you that right now. That's, that's and, not gonna happen. But that's that would be the only way mm-hmm. that the ECU would get rid of Cliff Godwin, Coach Godwin. Yeah. Um, and then we had another question. I can't find it. Um, it's in our mentions somewhere. Uh. I don't. I do not see this at all. Um, let's see here. I I'm sorry, guys. I cannot. I cannot find this. Uh, this last question. Um, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't find it. Okay. Well. Well, if if we didn't answer your question, I, I don't know who it right. was. Just hit us back. We'll hit us back. It. We'll answer it next week on the podcast. Sorry about that. Um, Artie, I don't have anything else to cover this week. I know kind of a light week. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But football practices will start back this week. Absolutely. Um, they'll be able to have the athletes up or athletes with them for, like eight, I think it's like somewhere between – 12 and 20 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So they'll really start to get in and start getting their systems in. And then that'll that'll be until about July 28th, making sure that all everything's kind of covered. And then they'll start working for game one. Yep. They'll start working towards uh, matchups. So, yeah, um, that, that's really all I have. Um, we hope you all enjoyed. Make sure you like us, follow us, and leave us a review. Um, we're on Google Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, all the major ones. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, at Boneyard Podcast. And then at Facebook, at the same thing, at Boneyard Podcast. All right, y'all. Uh, that's it for episode 18. We hope you enjoyed it. Absolutely. Stay, Stay safe. safe and until uh, next week, Pirate Nation. Peace out.